Welcome to the Live Medley Podcast, a podcast that shares life lessons from poems and amazing write-ups. and welcome to the very first episode of the Life Medley podcast. Just a quick one on what Life Medley is all about. So, um, I have always been a big, big believer of hope. You know, life throws a lot of things at us, the ugly and the beautiful. And so, Life Medley basically celebrates these beautiful stories that make up our lives and then search for existing beauties in ugly stories. So Life Medley is simply here to inspire hoping people and help people cope through difficult situations, not necessarily by suggesting solutions to problems or topics discussed, but basically by talking about these things that are happening in your lives, just to let you know that you're not alone. And then I intend to do all of this through poetry, articles, and generally just write-ups. So this means that every topic or every episode of the Life Medley podcast will have a write-up for that day. A write-up, a poem, an article for that day. So let's just get right into it. The topic is your cue to live, cue spelled C-U-E, and we'll be discussing this with respect to our jobs, our relationships, our friendships, and being in social gatherings. So we all know we need to walk away at some point in our lives, right? Why should we walk away? Why should we walk away? Let's talk about this so we don't keep stalling in situations, so that we don't keep hurting ourselves or holding on. You know, to things that we should be letting go and we don't stop achieving, we don't stop shining and we don't stop growing. These are the reasons why we need to live. Okay, so we need to walk away from certain things, but not as a coward or as a chicken. You know, you're just chicken out of situations because you're afraid, but we need to walk away, you know, when, when, when. We have seen the signs when we know that, okay, these are the signs that we should live, else would get into deeper trouble. So I want us to really talk about those days when we really should go. Firstly, we're going to talk about in respect to a job, our jobs. When should you leave your job? <clears throat> so people, people, listen, I'm not joking here. Your number one cue to live in a job is when the pay is not coming consistently. When your salary is irregular, that's when you should live. And I say this especially um, when you are working in that job, basically because of the money. Like you're looking for money to keep, you know, for upkeep, to take care of yourself and all of that. And then at some point, the salary stops coming. I remember being owed some months of salary in a particular place i worked i haven't worked in many places so if you actually sit down you might actually figure out where that is but you know i got old for a couple of months and it was something else for me because i was using the money to take care of myself 
And as much as I felt connected to the job, I was certain of one thing, that I needed money for upkeep. And so I walked away. The idea is if you're not volunteering and you're not benefiting anything, maybe like a rare job, experience or fulfillment in service, it's no reason for you to stay back. Okay, but you know, there are certain employers that naturally don't owe, but then they get into some kind of trouble and then they ask you to be patient. I'm not talking about those kind of people or those kind of jobs. I'm talking about jobs that owing is just, you know, their natural game. You heard about it before you took the job. You only felt a change and then they didn't. <laughs> you have to just walk away. That is your number one cue to walk away. Maybe they owed you first month of salary. You stayed back. They owed you to second month. I think two months is fine. It depends on how um, stranded you are or how in need of money you are. But I think two months is enough because one month is like you giving a grace, you know, giving them grace. And then the second month, come on. It seems the finance cannot run that particular business. You, you have no reason staying there. The thing is, I've actually seen situations where one month went to six months. And so... If you keep staying back, you discover that you've worked in a place for about six months without being paid. Except you're not in it for the money. I must emphasize that greatly. Except you are not in it for the money. If you are in it for, you know, to gain job experience. If you are in it to, like, just be fulfilled, you know, for religious reasons, then that's okay. But if you are needing money for upkeep... And they don't pay you salary for two months. You have to walk away and look for some other job. Else you'll be there, stranded, angry. And you begin to pour your frustration on, you know, the job place, which is very wrong. But what this means in private sector when when, when um, employers are being owed is that they are in, unable to um, cater for the man their manpower. That is, they are actually running a business beyond their capacity. And that is totally wrong. I don't think that is sensible. And you shouldn't be working with people like that. People that don't know how to cut their coats according to their sizes. They promised you 100000 And what they're actually capable of paying is um, 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 40000 And then you know, it now grows into um, be owing you some money. It doesn't make sense. So you, have, you should have no business working with those kind of people. All right. So, okay. Secondly, in a job, I would say your cue to live is when you realize that the working environment is toxic my definition of toxic i'm just gonna say when they are messing up your mental health making you feel bad all the time you're depressed all the time because of work and then when they provoke you for no reason that is toxicity toxicity that sounds really funny but that's what it is it's toxic. It's a toxic environment and you should have no business working there because, I mean, there are a lot of um, suicidal cases. There are a lot of suicidal cases. It's too much. <laughs> So let me give you small statistics. As of 2017, about 34.1% of the world's population suffered from depression, bipolar disorder, drug use disorder, alcohol use disorder, anxiety disorder, substance use disorder, mental health disorder, and schizophrenia. Like 34.1% of the world have some mental kind of sickness. 
mental sickness doesn't necessarily mean um, being mad it covers all the things i mentioned before drug use disorder alcohol use disorder it's situations that actually push people to go to the extreme and you can't afford to be part of that statistics it's not funny some people actually kill themselves there are a lot of suicide cases for us not to be mindful of this kind of things so your mental health is very very important and it's a big deal and if your workplace is messing with that you should leave that is your cue to leave okay another point for a job is the moment your job becomes harmful to your health there's nothing much to say there you know if you die because of work they'd replace you in nothing less than a month maximum I'm serious. Like, the idea is, the moment you realize that because of your job, you fall sick, often, maybe due to allergies or pre-existing health condition, worsened by stress or physical things in your work environment, please, it's time to leave. All right, so, um, enough of job. You go figure out the rest. When you figure them out, watch out for them so that you don't continue on a fruitless and harmful journey. All right, next we'll be talking about relationships and friendships. Um, I'm actually going to be pairing that up together because they are very, they are pretty much similar. Um, how to know when to walk away in a relationship and friendship or in relationships and friendships. Um, firstly, you need to walk away the moment you realize that your partner or friend is violent. Hmm. I don't know how to emphasize that. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything here. I'm not. The day your partner or your friend hits you, boy, girl, you got to walk away. You know all the stories we read about spouses killing each other? It all started with a hit. There was once a hit. It started with a hit. Okay. Now, the reason why I'm not even going to pardon violence one bit is because we are in a generation where there has been a lot of awareness. And in developed countries, you get arrested if your spouse reports you for being violent towards them. Well, I think Nigeria, the the case is actually different. They'll tell you to handle it as a family. You go and report to police. Police will tell you that you should handle it as a family. What kind of nonsense is that? And that's why there are a lot of people that have lost their lives due to um, their partners being violent. And then in all this, you still want to be violent towards your partner when you know that you can get arrested. My point is, anyone who is still violent and abusive in relationships has serious problems. So you need to walk away the moment they get violent towards you. I don't even want to talk about those that are already married because that's a complete topic that would keep for another day. So you need to leave the moment your partner in a relationship or friendship is violent towards you. Aha! Before I forget, there are people that slam things to the wall. Maybe t- like, you know, tumblers, breakable plates. They just slam it to the wall. They slam their phones to the wall. They slam cups to the wall. They slam their fists on the wall. Please, if for instance, your partner who's facing you throws a breakable plate or whatever it is towards the wall behind you, 
you should leave. Because there's no guarantee that the next throw won't be on your face. That's being violent. You know, I, 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 you can't be smashing things when you're mad. That's still violence. And I see, I even see it as something related with mentally being unstable. For example, how would you use the phone that you bought? You just wasted, you just slam it because you're mad. You need to find a way to deal with your anger. I think it calls for anger management. And so that's why I, I think that's a sign for you. If your partner slams things, break things, there also there's a level of instability in their mental health. You need to check it out. Either that or they're just naturally violent. You need to watch it. Save your life, I beg. I mean that literally, you need to save your life and walk away. All right. In uh, you know, I have to, I have to, I have to go back for a bit. Those people that were brutally murdered in their homes by their spouses, they never once thought they would be murdered by their spouses. Trust me. And so when you begin to see these signs, you need to really check them out. As a matter of fact, if you can, you should leave. You know, I say if you can because I don't know. I've never really been married, so I don't know the kind of situations that bind you to your partner or anything. But even if you don't get divorced, I think those, you should get separated. Like, leave the house. Before one day, they'll murder you in cold blood. Ha! Alright. In a relationship, again, when is the time for you to leave? The moment you realize that the two of you don't share values that are precious, precious, precious to you. I emphasize precious, precious, precious because if, for example, you desire greatly to have kids and your partner doesn't. And then you shouldn't be with that kind of person. That's my point. You know, when your values are pretty much different. For example, now you're a Christian. You're a good Christian. And your relationship with God means everything to you. And then you discover that the person you're dating is an atheist. You should end the relationship because your most precious, precious, precious values won't be upheld. So you need to walk away. At some point, you're just going to conflict. Like you're going to church and your partner thinks, why the hell are you going to church? You're, you're praying in the night and your partner thinks, why the hell are you disturbing me? And so that's it. Although, you know, that example is pretty lame because, I mean, by the first or second date, you should know, especially if you want to, the kind of person your partner is when it comes to religion, okay? And your compatibility, religious-wise, if it matters a lot to you, okay? So, I said it's a cute to live when your most precious, precious, precious values are not in synchrony with your partner or friend. I'm sorry I keep using partner only, but I also mean friend, too. Because we are um, doing relationship and friendship together. Thirdly, thirdly, in the relationship and friendship, when the friendship or relationship is one-sided, parasitic, you know friendship and relationship is pretty much give and take of love, of material things, of affection, and whatever it is. And so if you're the one who keeps giving all the love, all the care, all the money, the body, whatever it is, without getting anything back, not love, not care, not happiness, nothing, then you, my friend, are experiencing parasitism 
on your head. Like they are just feeding on you. You know, it's, it's, it's not fair to you and you should leave. Because honestly, everyone deserves love in return. Lastly, on the relationship, hmm, I must say this one. If your life is being threatened because of the person you're in a relationship or friendship with, then please, it's time to leave. Because there are many stories of people being killed because of a man or a woman or being poured acid or, you know, being hit or something. And there have been people and, and their bodies are just so damaged that they, sometimes they can't even be in another friendship or relationship. Personally, I don't think it's worth it. If you feel the threats are real and the police haven't been able to handle it, please just leave it. It's not worth it. At least, okay, even if it's a relationship or a friendship worth dying for, then maybe you should take a break. Don't be sick with the person for a while. Try to see how it goes. You know, just try and be careful. Your life is not worth any... I don't know how to put it. If you die, friendship and relationships will continue. That's the fact, though. If you die, friendship and relationships will still continue with or without you. If your partner was dating you and you end up dying, do end up finding that person and get married to that person. So it's not a do or die affair. I'm not saying you shouldn't fight for the things you want or the things you love or the things you need. I'm just saying that when it involves your life, you might as well leave it because God will bless you with something else. Okay, now the last area is social gathering. When should you leave in the social gathering or social event? So hello introverts hello shy people hello non-expressive people hello humans because really at some point every human is uncomfortable in the social gathering for some reason or another even the confident ones okay okay now we all go out to weddings parties hangouts with friends and all of that dates so when should you leave that beautiful place, that amazing place, that fun place, that, you know, those amazing people? What should you look out for to make you leave? Firstly, when the topic being discussed isn't something you want to be a part of, like 100% you don't want to be a part of it. For example, you're with a group of friends and they are discussing how to scam a foreigner. And you know that you don't want to be part of it, basically because you don't want to be involved in any trouble. Just just take an excuse and leave. You should leave. That's your cue to leave. When you know that that topic has started to be, you know, they start discussing that topic. And you don't want to be a part of it completely. And you know that you're not going to stop until they maybe come to a conclusion about something they are discussing. I think you should leave. That's your cue to leave. <laughs> All right. Secondly, um, the idea is you can simply take an excuse. There are a lot of ways to leave a particular place without, you know, looking completely awkward. For example, you can say, oh, I'm having a headache. I'd like to take some, or, you know, I'm having a headache. I'd like to go on my rest. Or, you know, I need to take some fresh air. I really feel claustrophobic in here right now. 
sometimes you might actually leave a hint or two to make them understand that you're not comfortable with what they're discussing. And if you do that and they keep talking about it, then just find a way and go. At least one easy one is going to the bathroom. So you could just go to the bathroom and take forever, forever, however long you think they'll be discussing that situation, if it's a short one. And if you're a lady, you could just take your bag and leave. And then maybe just when you get to the bathroom, you just when you get out of the place or wherever it is you went to, you could just call and be like, oh, I have to quickly go. I got an emergency call. And that's fine. Just find a way to leave. Okay, another situation where you should live in a social gathering is when you are not prepared. Now, that's a little bit broad, but I'm going to give a few examples. Let's say you were to go on a um, hangout with some friends and then you um, discover that you are going to like a five-star hotel and you are not financially ready. Probably you are the one who was to like... um um foot the bill and everything well that's a good point to say hey guys let's cancel this outing or if you really have the money somewhere hey guys give me a moment i need to go get like don't let the situation get any more awkward you know how people go to a restaurant and they can't afford something and then you now have to like wash plate or drop your wristwatch it's really embarrassing don't let it get to a situation where you'd be embarrassed so that's one of your cues to live the moment you realize that you are not fully ready for a particular event or for a particular thing don't do it don't do it now don't get me wrong i'm not saying you shouldn't be um um confident and i'm not saying that you should procrastinate because there's a thin line between what i said and and procrastination you keep pushing things until you're fully ready and then you discover eventually that you are never ready that's not what i mean i'm talking about a situation where you know that you can be prepared for something that you know is very simple like you holding enough money for a particular thing you know that's something very straightforward if you're not holding enough money and you're supposed to go and get something some you should not go why do you want to embarrass yourself? That's basically what I mean. So, another way you can actually leave without looking awkward is you just texting a friend, telling them to call you. You should have one of those friends that save you from awkward situations. You know, friends that you can just call and they'll be like, okay, I'll call you in the next three minutes. And then they call you and they're like, hey, you need to come here. You need to leave where you are. I need you right now. It's very important or something. Or friends that can actually drive to where you are and, you know, like, save you from whatever situation is going on. So, this is my tip for living without it looking so awkward. Um, but in all, I like to say that it's important to be confident else you're actually going to run away from every situation so my my, you know i'm giving cues to live i'm giving tips on what to look out for to live but i have to be very um deliberate and very clear about this fear should not be a factor in you leaving a particular place or or leaving people you should the you know the situation surrounding those people the situation surrounding that place should be carefully looked into i really don't like to see people timid 
intimidated and so i like to just say that you should be courageous you should be confident but you should just watch out for those very important signs as i have mentioned and of course there are other things that i did not mention you should also look out for those kind of things because um everybody's situation is pretty different and so we experience things differently so just watch out for those signs and learn to walk away it's not wrong to walk like i like it when people are really confident and they just like walk out of a particular situation because they can't deal you know they just can't deal i like situations like that. and you know when when they confidently do that they are not afraid of what is to come next so please just check the situations that is that is um peculiar to yours or to you and then walk away when you know it's time to don't 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 drool don't suffer okay um so i think i'm starting to stammer i think i've exhausted all that i wanted to say um <laughs> okay this is my cue to live before i start saying rubbish so try to read the signs guys okay so see you guys and watch out for the next episode of the medley podcast this has been fun and this is my first guys so thank you all for listening i saw the signs i stayed i watched you distort my heart stretch it edge to edge the crumbs of the reckless words you threw at me settled at the base of my mind it rot and affected my sanity <laughs> i saw the signs i still stayed i got drenched in your bitterness i hated myself and started to hate everyone else i got provoked to leave but I realized I was already losing me. And every bone in me hurt. Why couldn't I move? Why couldn't I blurt all the things that I had inside? I saw the signs. But I still stayed. Should I wait a little more? Or ache a little more? Should I let my heart crumble first? Or can I befriend insanity yet? Should I wait for my growth to be officially stunted? Or should I lose the path I had initially carved for myself? Oh, I almost forgot I had one more option. I can simply walk away. <laughs>